With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, Nationals fans, to Season 2 of the Curly W Live podcast. Technically, this is Episode 11, if you're keeping track at home, but this officially kicks off Season 2 of the podcast. If you want to go back and listen to any episodes from Season 1, head over to our blog, Curly W Live, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, or search Curly W Live on iTunes, and you'll be able to check out Episodes 1 through 10. Uh, We have a lot in store for you as we embark on our second season of the podcast, but first... We wanted to take a look at something that uh, pretty important that happened at Nationals Park this offseason. You may have seen the time-lapse video on our Twitter account a few weeks ago, and it's also embedded into the tweet um, that you may have followed to get to this podcast. Um, but the playing service at Nationals Park got a makeover this offseason. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to head over to at Nationals and check out the 30-second video. Anyways, uh, with all that going on at the park, I thought it would be a good idea to check in uh, with the man in charge of that makeover, Director of Field Operations, John Turnauer. So let's get to it. Here is episode 11 of the Curly W Live podcast featuring John Turnauer. Enjoy. All right, we are coming to you once again from the Curly W Live studios. Uh, today, the Curly W Live studios are um, in the inner uh, workings of Nationals Park in the grounds crew office, where we are visited by John Turnauer, Director of Field Operations, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, John, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think all of us in the sports industry, um, we once once in our career will get asked, um, you know, what do you do in the off season? Yeah. And uh, you know, I think we all have our stock answers for what we say, and we kind of give people a good rundown of what we do in the off season because a lot of people just think of a career in sports as you know the the games and the, the season. Um, so. From your perspective, I know you undertook a little bit of a project this offseason. So, John, what do you do in the offseason? Yeah, you're right, Kyle. It's, it, it's a very common question that we get asked. And uh, my general response is that we immediately begin preparations for the upcoming baseball season. Uh, as you know, the offseason goes by fairly quickly, so it's important for us to get a jump start. Uh, we typically will spend anywhere from the first, uh, first month to maybe two months uh, following the season working on the variety of projects out on the field. Uh, generally, these projects are focused on getting the field back into playing condition so that once we come out of the winter months, uh, we can be better prepared as we head into opening day. Uh, the winter months are spent indoors where we focus, uh, generally our focus is then shifting to taking inventory in our shop, uh, equipment maintenance, interviewing staff for the upcoming season, and a variety of other planning exercises for the upcoming season. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, we did take on a, a different uh, sort of a approach to our offseason this year with the uh, project that we did out on the field all right so take us through that for those don't know that don't know or may not have seen on our our twitter account we we posted a time-lapse video uh, like i mentioned about a month ago of the um the field renovations um so 
from your perspective as the director of field operations, um, you know, what what'd you guys do to explain to fans kind of what you guys did? Yeah, it was um, <clears throat> it was a unique uh, project that we took on and uh, following several months of planning. Uh, the project got started about a week after the baseball season concluded, and uh, we began removing the field layer by layer down to a depth of about one foot, which was somewhere the interface between our growing medium and the gravel layer that we have out there. Uh, the field contractor that we had contracted for this project, they have specialized equipment that they used, um, and it was able to accurately remove the field in a very efficient manner. Uh, that process took about two weeks uh, for us to re uh, reach the desired depth that we were looking for. Uh, so that two-week time, it was removing the field down layer by layer and getting all the material off-site. Um, all in, it was roughly about 5,000 tons of material that we took wow. off-site, uh, so a fair amount of material. Um, once we reached uh, our, our desired depth uh, down to the gravel layer, we then regraded that layer, making uh, ensuring that all of our grade points were being met. Um, at that point, all of our irrigation lines were then measured and mapped out and then installed. And once all the irrigation was installed, we began hauling in our new growing medium. Um, that step took about three weeks. And once we completed that, our contractor began laser grading um, our growing medium layer. Uh, that was uh, done to ensure proper grades and a smooth surface, but also allowed us to, to get that material compacted in as well. Um, and then the last part of that project was the sod install, which began uh, on November 30th, actually. And um, we finished that up around mid-December. So all in, it was about a two-month project for us. And when you say growing medium, can you explain to fans what, what that means? So growing medium is basically just, um, it's the layer in which our grass is growing. Okay. So um, for home gardeners, if they're growing plants, they're talking potting soil. Uh, for us, we talk about a growing medium mm -hmm. or a root zone layer. Um, so for us, our growing medium, uh, it's a it's a sand-based material. Mm -hmm. So we are actually growing our sod on 100% sand. Okay, now uh, what type of grass will got installed um, at Nats Park in this installation, and is it different from what we've used in the past? Uh, it's still Kentucky bluegrass, which is what we've had uh, since the ballpark opened back in 2008. Um, so uh, still Kentucky bluegrass, we've been very successful with that over the years, and um, we wanted to make sure that we mm -hmm. continue that moving forward. Was it emotional for you as, as the man in charge to kind of see the, the field getting torn up and all your hard work over the years um, kind of getting replaced? Uh, I wouldn't say so much emotional uh, since we uh, were planning for this for several mm -hmm. months, um, but... I will say that when you see the first piece, piece of equipment yeah. out there, it does kind of <laughs> jab at you a little bit. Uh, we do spend countless hours out on the field throughout mm -hmm. the baseball season, so to see it go from one extreme to the other, mm -hmm. was it was pretty unique. Now, what type of um, research do you guys do? Do you look at other um, major league parks, football stadiums? Is it like climate-based, and, and can you only do certain stuff in this area because of where we are? Uh, what what kind of goes into the research for this project? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Uh, generally, uh, for professional sports, um, you know, a, a lot of these fields are now constructed in the same manner. Um, however, as you mentioned, there are certain uh, restrictions, you know, given, you know, depending on where you are located geographically, certain things that we can do here that maybe other locations can't or vice versa. Um, but uh, f for the most part, uh, the, the most important thing with this project was uh, find, finding that growing medium, mm -hmm. uh, that root zone material that we were going to be doing, because ultimately that was what was going to make this project be a success. 
so that process started back in the springtime of 17. Mm -hmm. um, once we found a suitable supplier of that material, uh, we went through a series of testing to ensure that the physical characteristics of that sand were meeting our specs. Um, and we also wanted to make sure that that material was going to bridge properly with our, our gravel layer as well. Um, and uh, at the same time, we were also looking at potential suppliers of our Kentucky bluegrass sod. Right. Um, in that search, really uh, what we were focusing on were the varieties of bluegrass in which those farms were growing, uh, where those farms were located. Um, so uh, as I mentioned, though, we, we, we stuck with the, the bluegrass sod. It's worked out very well for us in the past, and we wanted to continue that moving forward. So. So really, those were the two biggest mm -hmm. elements of this project to make sure it was a success. Um, is this the first time you've kind of rebuilt the field in this manner since Nationals Park has opened? Yeah, to this degree, this was the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, again, the field was constructed back in 07. Uh, we opened in 08. Um, so to this degree, this was the first time. However, uh, the field has been resurfaced mm -hmm. two previous times. One of them was after the NHL Winter Classic right. in 2015. And then uh, the time before that was in the fall of 2011. Okay. Um, so is there anything, I guess, what's new about this surface, this playing surface and the, the, uh, the grass or the dirt? Um, you know, what's better? Well, will fans notice the difference? Will the players? Um, so what's new with the field? Uh, one, obviously, the, um, the root zone material mm -hmm. that uh, we, we mentioned. Um, all of our irrigation is completely 100% uh, updated. Uh, it should run in a much more efficient manner. So irrigation, root zone, obviously mm -hmm. the sod as well is going to be new. Um, as, as far as fans noticing, um, really I don't think that they will. Um, you know, we're still going to have the same beautiful bluegrass mm -hmm. sod that's out there. So um, I'm anticipating that uh, to go over pretty well. And then as far as players, uh, same thing. I don't know how much the players will notice. Maybe after some uh, rain games or mm -hmm. during rain games, maybe right. they will just uh, with the, the field maybe not mm -hmm. being as spongy or soggy as it was uh, at times uh, in previous years. Um, so th those are the biggest differences. Will you consult the players uh, as the season goes on in terms of how the field is playing or um – you know the the height of the chalk line, maybe uh, for for a guy like Trey Turner, or uh, yeah. do do you do you get to hang out and talk to these guys about how the field is playing at all? Um, I generally don't make a habit of mm -hmm. talking about field conditions with the players. Mm -hmm. uh, they're generally pretty focused when they come out on the field, so I, I my thought process is I I don't want to plant that thought into right. their heads. Um, however, when the time is right, if I am having a conversation with one of the players, uh, if the timing is right, right, you know, I may just subtly just ask them if everything's okay out on the field. Right. Uh, we obviously want to make sure that we're uh, delivering a field uh, that's safe and consistent mm -hmm. for them. Um, I know that they rely on uh, the safety and the consistency of the field day in and day out, and they know that that's our jobs to make sure that we're delivering that for them. Um, so we take a lot of pride in that. Uh, we've got a good working relationship with the players. Mm -hmm. We're here for them. I think they know that. And, um, you know, certainly if they've got any concerns uh, with the con conditions of the field, um, they absolutely know where to, to contact right. us at. And uh, we'll make sure that we address those issues immediately. Well, a field like this, um, will it require any more or less maintenance throughout the year, especially, you know, in the first half of the season while it's still relatively new? Um, I think prior going into opening day, um, 
you know, there's going to be some things that we're going to have to make sure that we're focusing on mm -hmm. just the, given the time of year when we wrapped it up last year. It was right before the week before right. the holiday break, <laughs> and ever since then the ground seems to have been frozen. Right. So um, we certainly got our work cut out for mm -hmm. us uh, as we head into opening day. But um, as far as general day-to-day -day maintenance, um, I don't think it's going to be any more or any less. I think uh, where we may notice the biggest difference will be on uh, those rainy days. Right. Um, as we head into games, uh, hopefully um, it will require a little bit less maintenance mm -hmm. on those on those specific type of days. But um, you know, on a general day-to-day -day basis, we've got our, our practices that we have to do out there throughout the growing season, mm -hmm. throughout the baseball season. So um, all that stuff will will still stay in the schedule. Okay. Now, one thing I do on this podcast a lot when I talk to um, front office employees, we we like to talk a lot about um, you know your your day-to-day -day process and kind of how you prepare um, and kind of what goes into your position. Um, so you kind of answered a little bit about opening day, but you know what? From from now until um, that first pitch of our home opener in April, what are you guys working on? Um, what are you doing to prepare for the season? Um, yeah, so um, you know, as we mentioned earlier, at this time of year, we're we're focusing on getting our staffs uh, set up for the year. We're taking inventory, getting all of our supplies ordered, uh, making sure all of our uh, our equipment is ready to go. So. Uh, once the weather does break, we can go out mm -hmm. and uh, start our work without uh, having any hiccups. So uh, we always try to start targeting sometime in mid-February uh, where we'll start paying attention to the mm -hmm. weather and uh, the trends of the weather and what's going on and, um, you know, taking some readings and measurements out on the field. And, um, you know, once we get into March and the weather really starts to break, that's when our work really mm -hmm. begins as we get ready for opening day. So. The month of March, uh, honestly, it, it goes by in the, in the blink of an right. eye for us. Um, you know, the important thing for us from a fan standpoint and, and obviously our standpoint as well is is uh, getting the field to green up. Uh, it does go dormant right. in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. It gets that straw-like color. So, um, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint, that it's kind of one of our biggest focuses. And, and unfortunately, we're kind of at the mercy of Mother Nature right. at that point. <laughs> so there's only so much we can do. So... That's one of our strong focuses, anything that we can do to kind of guide that process along. Um, and then it's uh, ensuring that our infield dirt is uh, ready to go. Uh, we go through annual uh, maintenance on mm -hmm. that where we'll till it up and we'll laser grade it back out again, making sure that we're providing a nice smooth surface mm -hmm. on that. Um, so that's an annual practice that we do, making sure our, our mounds are ready to go. All the slopes on the mounds are, are meeting spec, making mm -hmm. sure that they're meeting MLB requirements. The heights are meeting MLB requirements. Um, and then, uh, you know, once we get that work done, uh, we're also uh, focusing on getting the opening day pattern set into the field. So that, that, that can take up to a week to get that set mm -hmm. and get it where we want it. So, um, you know, that, that whole month of March really is we're working with Mother Nature at that time right. of year to, to make sure that – when the team does take the field on opening day, it's it's just as they remembered it mm -hmm. from the previous season. Now, taking it one step further, a little bit. Uh, obviously, we have we have the All Star Game here at Nationals Park this year. Um, how involved are you in the field preparations for the All Star Game, and um, when do those preparations begin? Um, are they already beginning? You know, what what kind of goes into putting on an All Star Game? Yeah, so to a, to a certain degree, preparations have already begun, and I'd say that they kind of officially begun uh, last summer when um, when the All-Star Game was down in Miami. Um, there was a group of us that uh, were able to travel down to Miami to, to witness it uh, mm -hmm. in person, which was, was uh, a great experience for many of us to see that. Right. Um, so I, I would probably say preparations began back then, and uh, as far as uh, field preparations as we head into this year's All-Star Game, uh, it's certainly going to be uh, 
on our minds and uh, a focus for us uh, throughout the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think once we get into June, um, you know, we'll start uh, taking those preparations uh, a little bit more uh, aggressively. Mm -hmm. And then certainly as we uh, finish up the uh, the first half of the baseball season, I think we got uh, a week. Right, we got uh, that long road trip leading that, into the break. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that there's going to be uh, certainly a lot of preparations mm -hmm. that week, uh, making sure we get all the proper uh, logos out mm -hmm. on the field and – uh, the stadium branded, and, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces right. going on that week, and then certainly uh, once the festivities start. So certainly an exciting time. Right. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. It's, uh, you know, first time that I'll be uh, in a position where we're, we're hosting this. Mm -hmm. So it's something I'm very anxious and excited about. I think that, that week before the All-Star Game, while the team's on the road, will be – I think everyone – every department here will kind of be in uh, – well, we'll be in fifth gear getting ready for that all-star yeah. game. It'll be an exciting time. Absolutely. Uh, for abs without a doubt. So I uh, want to wrap up with a few general questions um, that we have to ask a, a groundskeeper. Um, you mentioned before opening day um, you kinda, you're getting the, uh, the design of the field ready. Um, so in your, in your history, what's been your favorite outfield grass design? In my history, um, you, you know, I um, – <coughs> Or what's like your go-to that you like to go – I don't want to say I'm a traditionalist, um, but I – I'm very aware and conscious of uh, the players' wants and needs mm -hmm. and uh, knowing that um, the field will play a certain way with mm -hmm. patterns out there. So we've always got it in our mind to make sure that, um, you know, we're not causing a distraction to the player, mm -hmm. um, you know, from a visual standpoint, but also, you know, from a playability standpoint mm -hmm. as well. We don't want that to become a distraction. Right. Um, so I, I would say probably one of my favorite patterns is what we just call the summertime uh, pattern. Um, it's a very traditional pattern. Uh, we generally will have it out there uh, throughout the month, starting in June, mm -hmm. maybe July, and we'll carry it through um, through the end of the baseball season. Um, but it's it's a three-way pattern where we have the general checkerboard pattern, mm -hmm. um, but we also put a up-the-middle cut as well. Okay. So you've got uh, three patterns out there. And what I like about it is it's, it's a direction going out to each player um, – um, you know, so they have some type of a guide, okay. um, you know, when the ball is, right. um, okay. when they're approaching a ball uh, coming at them. Um, but also, too, in, in the uh, the summer uh, stress, if you will, of the, the summertime, um, it allows us three different ways to mow the field. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in the heat of the summer when we don't want to be out on the field, um, you know, cutting right. the field on a daily basis or adding additional stress to the field, we can go out there and at least uh, have three different options mm -hmm. of what we can do that day for mowing. An event like the All-Star Game, do you think about what you're going to have to do or what you're going to do, or is that kind of the, the legal decide, or how does that work? Yeah, it's been in the back of my mind uh, <laughs> since uh, we uh, uh, were made aware that we'd be hosting mm -hmm. this th three years ago now. Yeah. Um, so. I realize the field is center stage of the event. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to have a major uh, impact on the event. It's going to be, um, you know, the visual for the event. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there will be a lot of thought and a lot of care that will go into it. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be uh, certainly a, a, a team and a group decision right. that will go into that. Um, so um, those conversations we'll probably be having here in the, in the next uh, couple weeks. Nice. Uh, I've heard a rumor around the office uh, and around Nats Park that you and your crew have a kind of a joke or a tradition about walk-up songs. Uh, could you elaborate on that I, I a little bit? I, I, I kind of want to know what that rumor is. <laughs> I, I'm not aware of any walk-up oh, okay. songs, but I do like the idea of it. Don't you guys? I've heard you guys have a um, the, the song you get to you get to pick a song when you come out to pull the tarp. Uh, I I think that that was brought up, okay. and I I don't know what was decided on that. That may be something new for this year, but um, I, I I do like the thought of it. All right. Well, we might so. have to. 
get that ready for 2018. You know, but because uh, you're not it, doing it, anything else. It's a song else. that we if we right. do if we do come up with a walk up song yeah. for Tarpoles, it's a song that I hope we never hear <laughs> throughout the year because it's uh, it's not something that we want to be doing. Well, there's there, there's a lot of time between now and then, and, and doesn't seem like you're doing anything else. So you need to think of <laughs> think of songs that you guys want to run out to when uh it's it's July yeah, and the, it's raining. So yeah. And the, the last question I have for you is: there any piece of advice that you as a director of field operations for a major league baseball team uh, any advice for home gardeners as we uh, enter um, the planting season and and hopefully a nice uh, nice summer yeah and you know it's it's another very common question that we get asked and i always like to mention that uh understanding the needs and the care practices of the plant or the grass mm-hmm. in which you're going to be growing and maintaining um, not all plants and grass have the same fertility and irrigation requirements mm-hmm. so uh, understanding those needs prior to applying uh, any fertilizer or water is absolutely critical. Um, I think that's probably one of the more common things where uh, homeowners may, um, um, you know, misinterpret uh, what they're doing out there, and um, you know, just understanding what those needs are, are very important. All right. Well, we will let you get back to thinking about what your guys' walk-up song will be, um, and thinking about patterns to put in the outfield. So, thanks again for joining us on the Curly W Live podcast. Great. Thanks so much, Kyle. Right. I appreciate it. Thanks again to John Turnauer for joining us to have a pretty cool discussion about the uh, field renovation that took place here at Nationals Park. Uh, like we always say on the podcast, we want your feedback, so feel free to tweet at me, at Kyle Brostowitz, or at Nationals. Or feel free to leave comments on Curly W Live. And you know where to find the podcast, you know, on our blog, Curly W Live, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, nationals.com slash podcasts, and on iTunes. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the blog as well as to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss out on anything. We're getting there, Nationals fans. Uh, only a few more weeks before pitches and catches report. Actually, less than two weeks uh, before they are scheduled to report to West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, you can do it. Hang in there and uh, be on the lookout for the next episode of the Curly W Live podcast. Like I said in the open, we got some pretty cool stuff planned for Season 2. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but um, it'll take a little bit of an all-star feel uh, as we look forward to the 2018 all-star game. In addition to spring training, we'll have some content related to that. Um, So once again, be sure to be on the lookout for the Curly W Live podcast. Uh, Once again, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on the Curly W Live podcast. 